Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. Time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk those lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Thank you, Father, for all the trials and tribulations. Thank you for us being in the know. Father, I I mused earlier, as you know, uh, about how awful it would be to be clueless right now. And there are so many that are clueless, particularly the American Christians or so-called Christians. And, Father, we're very blessed tonight with the uh, guest that we have that's going to help us to understand what Jesus told her about the denominations and the misgivings of uh well, churchianity, as uh, as I, I like to refer it to, Father, and I, I know it troubles your heart. I know it troubles your heart, Lord Jesus, and I know this is the reason why we have this guest tonight. And I praise you for it, Father, because it's things that we have been warning people about for many, many years, indeed over a decade. And, um, and Father, I also want to personally thank you for all of the very, very hard times that I'm having on my job right now because it makes it a lot easier to write that letter that has to be written. Um, and I, you know, I just, I thank you for the opportunity and I pray that every one of us thanks you for the opportunity to be able to stand on holy ground, to be able to spend time in prayer, in spiritual warfare prayer, praying for the people that are suffering all over the world, the people that are suffering in that horrible earthquake that very likely was created by harp, by the evilness of Obama and the sick, twisted, dark Klaus Schwab Obama, uh, Biden reptilian triad of darkness. Uh, and Father, you know, I just praise you because we we are awake to the satanic blood sacrifice, uh, baby killing ritual ceremony that was held in the Grammys. We understand what it means. We're not delusional. We're not uh, as so many of our brothers and sisters are in the evangelical churchianity movement. Uh, and um, and it's just a, no, an awful situation, Father. Even being exposed to it is is absolutely nauseating. 
But I suppose it's part of our walk, and we do praise you, Lord. You have warned us in Ecclesiastes 7.14 that when prosperity is upon us, uh, it comes from you, but also so does the bad stuff. And, and you know, we were chosen for a time such as this, Psalm 139, verse 16, and Ephesians 2.10. And we just praise you for that, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to keep us strong as we're dealing with the trials and tribulations and the difficult times that we're in right now, also anticipating them to get even more dark and more difficult as days go on. We thank you for that, Father. We praise you for that because we know that at the end of this incredibly difficult journey that there are rewards that we cannot even imagine in our, in our wildest dreams. We praise you for being our Father. We thank you for giving us a place of refuge, the secret place of the Most High. May we all wake up a little extra early each day and spend more time in the presence of our Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for being the wind beneath our wings, lifting us up, giving us the strength to endure the things that we see happening around us and also uh, becoming excited about it because it certainly indicates that uh, the concept of imminence uh, is uh, very much uh, real and um, uh, relevant to, to the time that we're in right now. And, and what else can I say but thank you. I thank you for our trials. I thank you for our difficulties. I thank you for your conditioning for us. I thank you for everything that you're doing on our behalf, even though it's just a big old pot of ugly for most of us. I thank you for it. I praise you for it because I know that you are our Abba Father, and there is a really, really good reason why we are going through the things that we're going through, and um, and that reason is one that comes only from love with from those of us who have a pure heart that love you for who you are and what you are doing on this earth on behalf of so many people that otherwise would have ended up in the pit. We give you all the praise and glory and honor forever and ever in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our first love. Amen.
<laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I have a feeling, although it could be wrong, um, that um, the situation at my current job is getting exponentially worse, more toxic, more, um, what would be the right word? Intolerable or impossible to tolerate. Um, I, I almost get the feeling that the Lord is allowing that to progress rapidly for me so that I don't have this guilt trip associated with the rapidity that I have to depart. Um, fortunately, I'm a regulatory expert, which is true, um, and I understand the jobs. Uh, I understand employment law um, and human resources and all the evil that goes behind that nonsense better than most of the people that actually do the work because my job, a big part of my job, has been to be sent out to really large multi-billion dollar corporations. And I would go in and uh, I was a third-party assessor, and I would assess them against uh, global standards to determine whether or not they had weaknesses in how they did their hiring processes, um, you know, how they did their offboarding and termination processes, whether or not they were compliant with the law. Um, you know, so I've read a lot of legal contracts and stuff like this. So uh, all I can say is I hope that my current employer doesn't try to mess with me because they're, I'm going to bring down a world of ugly on their head that, that they, they will not see coming. But anyway, all that being said, I really kind of get this impression because the Lord knows that that I feel, you know, kind of guilty for having to pull the plug on my current employer uh, rapidly without, you know, a normal because uh, I'm so godly ethical. It's 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 to a fault. To a, it's to a major fault, and I care about the people that I work with and work for, etc. Um, never mind that the you know the the VC people that own the company and all that kind of stuff were you know on the actual in, invitation list for Davos 2023 with Klaus Schwab. Never mind all that stuff. Never mind they look you in the face, stab you in the back, lie 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 lie, and then turn around and slit your throat. Um, you know, but. I can't help it. You know, the Lord, you know, what, what happens, I think many of us know, praise God, is that over time, as we're praying for ourselves, you know, physician, heal thyself, and, you know, we're changing, and God is putting the love of Christ in our hearts for people and, and everyone around us, you know, we pray, we start to pray even for those that we're working for. We pray that God will forgive those who are just, you know, inherently evil in the way that they think about how they treat people and, and all the things... And, you know, and, and, and it just changes you. And then when you become changed with that inside of you, you just can't help it. You know, you want to help people. You inherently want to change. You want to help them. You, want, you don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want anybody to be unhappy. You want to make everybody happy as much as you possibly can. Uh, and, um, and it creates this conflict in our hearts because we're surrounded by so much evil. And we can't get through, of course, that's another frustration area for many of us. We can't get through to the people that we're trying to get through. Many times it's a part of our family. Many times, you know, it, it's just, you know, such this, oh my gosh, wide array of, of individuals, personalities, members of our family, members of our family's families. And, um, and, you know, and we're stuck like right smack dab in the middle of it all. And um, it, it is really hard. So when the scripture says difficult is the way that leads to life, boy, I'll tell you what, I've told people for 12 years now, almost 12 years in July, it'll be 
about 12, uh, that, um, that the Bible is an enormous understatement. Okay, so when Jesus says things like, you know, here, you know, there will come a time when, you know, the, the people say, here, Jesus, there, Jesus, everywhere, Jesus, Jesus. Um, you know, he, he wasn't joking. As a matter of fact, you can take pretty much anything that's in the Bible, in my opinion, um, as particularly, you know, in the New Testament, that's, that's where I hang out, and, um, and anything that's in there guidance-wise, you know, don't do this, don't do that, um, you know, whatever the case is, you have to kind of like multiply it by, I don't know, like 10 in order for it to get through our thick, tiny little peanut brains because we, we, I don't think we really relate to the magnitude of the warnings. I don't think we really relate to the magnitude of what is being told to us. And that endangers us in our walks. And that is why, uh, predominantly, I believe, that the denominations, in, and I'm saying this in alignment, you know, of course, it's being placed upon my heart, but nevertheless, it, it is also in alignment with the epiphany that was given and the uh, uh, Jesus experience that was given to our guests this evening. Okay, but um, it's a reality, and most of us know it. Churchianity, ch- churchianity is essentially a eight-lane freeway directly to hell. I mean, really, I, I don't mean, you know, yes, I do mean to be terse. I want to be terse because I'm troubled deeply, and I think many of us are, uh, by the reality that we are living in right now, whereby they can have a an absolute 100% m- hyper satanic mock-up with dead bloody babies uh, on the Grammy Awards, and then you've got these evangelical Christians out there sending emails to everybody going, oh, look, uh, Brother Blankety Blank sent out this, uh, you know, prophecy about an earthquake. Look at what he said. And I'm like thinking to myself, what? Are you not paying attention at all? Are you so in love with your little list of prophets that are all deceived by the Seven Mountains mandate that you, you know, it's just, it, it is very frustrating. And then on top of that, of course, I I will advise uh, the listening audience that I am about and am in the process of going through probably some of the worst three weeks of my life. In the next three weeks, it is going to be difficult, and words will not be able to describe it. Okay, today I had a day from the pit. Okay, I, I, I you know, hell, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Dante's Inferno was actually quite accurate. And hell is made up of many, 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 many levels. Okay, um, so, you know, we all imagine that the hell that was shown to Bill Weiss in 23 Minutes in Hell is the same hell that everybody else goes to. And that is not true. Uh, It has levels. But I will tell you this also. Interestingly, so does heaven. Okay, a lot of people don't believe that. I had that conversation with my sister, and I thought she was going to get a frying pan and chase me around the house. Okay, she just thinks everybody, Jesus is so full of love that everybody's going to go to heaven. And I'm like, but you know what? I've learned my lesson. Don't throw your pearls before. I don't want to use swine to describe my sister. She's a really good Christian and everything, but... Boy, is she thick. But anyway, both of them are. God bless them all. But anyway, so aren't we all? We are, we are all, a little bit, are we not all a little bit thick in some areas? And we have challenges accepting certain things. That's why Jesus used to say all the time, if you can receive it, if you can receive it. Well, the answer is, no, you can't. Okay, let's just face it. The reality is that when Jesus would give us those warnings in the scripture, those warnings were the implication of those warnings were you're not going to receive it. The problem is 
that everybody thinks they're hearing from the Holy Spirit. So naturally, you get these folks out there that, you know, sell you your, their little thirty nine ninety five DVD set about what, you know, their exposition about this, that, and the other thing, and they're wrong. They're just flat out wrong. But they think that, you know, and then, of course, you know, oh, but he's a preacher, and he's got this big following, and he's set up, you know, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. And no, it's just not how the kingdom works. God disperses tidbits of wisdom and knowledge and incredible epiphanies and Bible mysteries. He disperses it and he spreads it out across the body of Christ. And um, and if you're not, you know, and 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 you know, and he does kind of break to people who don't get stuff. He does. Because that's all captured in Luke 12. Um, you can read about that in Luke 12, 46, 47, and 48. Um, it's also captured in where Jesus said in um, Revelation chapter 3, in his um, uh, report card for the church of Laodicea, I wish that you would either be cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And therein lies the problem. If you have Bible sitting around your house and you're not reading them, Get ready to be vomited. What exactly that means? Now, I know that Charles, I mean, uh, Francis Chan actually believes that means being cast into hell. I do not believe that whatsoever. I believe that that is clearly an indication uh, that you are in store to be cast into the Great Tribulation, which is captured in Revelation 2, verse 22. All right. And so what you can do is you can pull out little gems of wisdom uh, out of uh, the report cards of the seven churches. But what you got to be careful of is don't be doing a verse by verse exposition and and stuff because you'll get so far into the weeds, you won't be able to tell that you're even in a forest to begin with. Just keep it high level and understand that all seven of those churches are applicable to all of us, period. If you start trying to decipher that and rip that apart and saying, oh, wow, this is this is talking about the church from the 1500s and this is talking about this. And when you start doing that kind of stuff, you are robbing yourself of spiritual the the spiritual um, harmony that God can uh, uh, bestow upon you. Uh, Call it whatever. It's just it's it's a feeling. Spiritual understanding of the scripture comes from a feeling that you can't describe. You feel it. You relate to it. You get it. You understand it. It becomes who you are. And then suddenly, if you read it enough, you start to see the harmony. It just blends beautifully. You've got to understand that God sees things from the eternal realm. That scripture is not pigeonholed into our crummy little lives here as men. Our lives here as men are a punishment for things that we were involved in during the Luciferian Rebellion. All right, We are not here, okay, because we accidentally fell here into this cursed, evil, dark planet. Okay, It's not some kind of a boo-boo that God made. Okay, We're here for a reason. All right, And this has everything to do with the election process. It has everything to do with our pre-existence. It has everything to do with why Satan hid the concept of pre-existence in the Mormon church just on purpose because he wanted to keep the rest of us from figuring it out. But guess what? We got up one upsmanship on him now we know exactly what is going on and what good does it do us 
And I'll tell you what it does. What it does is it, get, it puts us in the top 2% of the class. Okay, it doesn't mean that we're going to have a good life. It doesn't mean that we're going to have no trials and tribulations. It doesn't mean that, you know, um, our walk will be any less difficult. But it definitely puts us in the running for the ruling class of the bride of Jesus Christ. Because if you're not suffering for Jesus, and suffering comes in many different ways, many, it's a broad stroke of the pen, okay? If if you're not suffering for Jesus, and you're not doing something with your talents, and, you know, read the parable of the talents and rewards, if you're not doing something, and that's something that's the really cool thing about God is that that something can be so much, including a prayer ministry that you can do from your own home. You can be a shut-in. You can be stuck on a wheelchair, and you can do prayer, uh, your own personal prayer ministry as a shut-in, and be eligible for fantastic rewards in heaven because God absolutely adores those of us saints who put a, uh, a lot of effort into praying for other people and praying for the lost across the world. It is one of the greatest things that we can do for the kingdom. In fact, it's probably our number one calling of all. Now, of course, along with that comes many other things like encouraging other people, giving until your bank account hurts, you know, helping people, loving on them, telling them about Jesus. You don't hand 50 bucks to a homeless person without telling them that that money came from Jesus. Because you know what? It did. If you have it in your hands and you serve the living God, guess what? It came from Jesus. Like it or lump it, that's where it came from. The problem is that we, we oftentimes forget that the things that we do that are extraordinary, the things that we do that are unlike all the other people in the world, are ordained by God. Because the rest of them wouldn't think of giving 50 bucks to a homeless person. They'd be too busy going, well, look at them. They have a cell phone, and look how new their sneakers look. That is Satan. The difference between that is that a proper, loving, Jesus-filled Christian doesn't care. We don't sit there and prejudge the individual and say, well, I'll just go spend it on a bottle of whiskey. That is not our job. We judge not that we be judged. We love until it hurts. And that is who we are. We are to be holy without a blemish or any such thing. Otherwise, guess what? We need more refining. I don't want to be here for more refining. Do you? Do you want to be in this place much longer? Really? I mean, think about the things that are happening around the world right now and how fast the mark of the beast is. I mean, the mark of the beast right now, the tentacles of the mark of the beast are moving in on us so fast, and nobody sees it. Like Glenn Beck, for example. He gets the ESG thing. He wrote the Global Reset book. He's coming up with a sequel. He understands it, and he's trying to coach people on how they can try to stop it by writing their senators and et cetera, and that kind of thing. But he really hasn't pieced it all together. You know, he's never actually said this is that which will drive the mark of the beast. But it is. It's a fact. As a matter of fact, some of the things that I played on this show in audio bites, because of my finely tuned Twitter feed, thank you, Jesus, um, uh, are things that nobody else in the world knows about. I've had people email me and say, please send me that, that bite from Tucker Carlson where he said this, that, and the other thing, and blah, 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 because I can't find it anywhere, uh, you know, this, that, and like that. Well, I, you know, I, all I can say is 
I guess I got a job to do. I got it. I, I, I'm okay with it. It's all right. It's not an easy job. Um, I, and, um, and, you know, I praise God that I can share these things with you because that's my job. I mean, really, at the end of, end of the day, other than helping people to see the alien problem and understanding the universe and the, cos- the cosmology associated with the, our existence in the universe, understanding Luciferian rebellion, understanding why that we're here, understanding what our mission is, understanding our rewards, understanding the layout of heaven, understanding that what you know that the outer darkness is not hell, understanding that, that all this stuff that's being preached in the church is wrong. And um, and then on top of that, uh, you know, I, I you know, I'm just being full disclosure here. Um, I the situation that I'm in at work is I, I, I warn people. I let you know, I begged you for prayer. I believe that many of you are praying for me and I thank Jesus for that. And I am in tears on my knees, beseeching and begging God uh, to please pour out a tenfold blessing and anointing upon anybody that even mentions me in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. And I think that the only reason I'm still alive, frankly, is because of those prayers. And I pray for every other listener of the show, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. But anyway, the point is, things are dark. And they're getting a lot darker, and they're getting a lot darker a lot faster than I even imagined. And I have... You know, there's a lot of people that have hope. I can tell you that there are lawmakers. I'm not going to name any names because it's kind of a waste of time, and here's why. Because they don't get it. They don't understand. It doesn't matter that Lauren Boebert, and I'm not picking on her. I like her a lot. But it doesn't matter that she said praise Jesus multiple times while she was running for her position in Congress in in, in, uh, uh, Colorado. It's irrelevant because the, the, the unfortunate part about it is she doesn't see the big picture. She does have a good heart. She wants to do good. But then again, she also poses for photographs with AR-15s in her hand. And she doesn't understand who Jesus is. And this is a serious problem. Christianity does not understand Jesus as a general rule. Now, there are parts of the world that do, okay, but um, oftentimes um, they are the parts that are under the greatest persecution. They couldn't get their hands on a gun if their life depended on it. That You know, the, the underground church uh, that hides out in caves in the middle of the night in, in North Korea, you know, those are the real Christians. Those are the ones who get it. Those are the ones who are putting their lives on the line, and those are the ones who are praying for the Christians in the United States of Babylon the great because you know why we're worse than lukewarm we're absolutely pathetic and we we mumble and grumble and pout over every little thing i'm guilty i raise my hand and you know what we boy if we had any idea what what our fellow brothers and sisters are going through worldwide right now how many Christian people live in Turkey and how many of them are buried under concrete blocks right now with their children because this country harped that doggone uh, 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 crack in the tectonic plates and, and, and created one of the worst earthquake catastrophes in the history of, of this planet? Huh? Have you ever considered that? Do you know that there are lots of Christians that live in Turkey? I'm not saying that they're living, you know, on the high horse and they're doing really great. If you want to find them, you got to come here in Babylon the Great. But anyway, 
situation is is pretty bad. The things that are happening out there are really bad. And and the tentacles of the of the mark of the beast are starting to wrap around us. I'm sorry for the Christians out there that were saying things, you know, sometimes people get part of the picture, but Almost 98% of the time, if not 99.999% of the time, they get a little teeny-weeny taste of it, and they overreact, and then what happens is they basically dork it up for the rest of us who are trying to witness to people because they saw lines of people at the vaccination facilities going, it's the mark of the beast, you're going to go to hell. And, And it's like, excuse me, but what Bible is it that you're reading? Or are you even reading it? So it, it is a very challenging dynamic that we live in right now. And like I said, you know, I say it with tongue in cheek, you know, maybe the Lord is making my job so miserable right now that I will have absolutely no guilt <laughs> sending the severance letter. Because if they can fire me, guess what? I can fire them. Right to work goes both ways. And I don't have to do a dagnabbit thing that they say. And I will make sure that I get my paycheck. I will make sure that I get my uh, Q4 bonus. I will make sure that I get what is due me before I send them the letter. Because they can't take it back out of my account. Now, if I did it the other way, they would. They would hold back my pay. They would do all kinds of evil things. They would try to make me sign another non-compete and all kinds of – I mean, that's just how evil they are. I'm, I'm talking about Klaus Schwab almost evil. So anyway, um, and I, like I said, I found out that the owners of my company were actual invitees to Davos 2023 with Klaus Schwab. Um, and um, so it's, it's dark. Um, but anyway, I, I, I wish I could and, – and everybody knows it, and I'm in the middle of it. I, I'm actually in the middle of one of the biggest fires the company is dealing with right now. Yay. Um, isn't it beautiful to – you know, it's one thing to be good at putting out fires. It's another thing to get third-degree burns every day. All right, praise God. And so I'm about over that, but on, you know, so I got to be careful because I have a blood pressure condition that requires me to make absolutely sure that my health care is proper, um, uh, one way or the other. Because, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I could talk to my doctor and get weaned off of, some, you know, and just go cold turkey, or I can't go cold turkey because I'll stroke out. Um, it's just the nature of one of the things some people have diabetes some people have this some people have that some people have bad knees some people have bad hips some people whatever you know all of us have some issues um you know at least i don't want to say all but probably the vast majority of us and we gotta deal with it and it and you know what please read you know maybe you don't have the time but if you do I highly recommend the book, How to Heal the Sick by Charles and Francis Hunter. You will understand everything you need to understand about divine healing. And the people that do divine healing, that are blessed by God and anointed for it, they don't get it. And I know that because I know some of them very well. They don't get it. But I also know that it woe unto me if I trip them up. I gotta let I gotta let their faith alone and let God use them the way that He wants to use them, and that's that. If you really want to learn how it works, get the book "How to Heal the Sick" by Charles and Francis Hunter. Read the book, and you better have some little uh, post-it note, those little pointy arrow things that they put, you know, sign here. Get some of those because you're going to be marking that book up so much you won't believe it. You will learn so much. 
It'll blow you away. That book, and of course, he came to set the captives free by Rebecca M. Brown, MD. We almost got her on the show, but she went home to heaven before we did. We we were really close. Same thing happened with Chew Thomas. As a matter of fact, I found out that Chew Thomas, the very last radio show that she did on Earth was Tribulation Now. And then she went home. She she turned me on to C's Candies. She actually sent me a box, a two-pound box of C's Candies uh, as a thank you uh, for letting her come on the program, uh, which I I didn't – I was like blown away. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. And then I was like – I took a – I ate one of them, and I was like, wow, nobody makes candy like this. So anyway, um, but of course I'm on this whole keto thing and whatever, you know, and 16 by 8 um, – intermittent fast, and it's working real good, um, and that's great, praise God, um, but anyway, today was crummy, crummy on steroids, and everybody knows the work environment is toxic, people are freaking out about their jobs, um, they're putting absolutely unreal, inhumane stress upon individuals, and um, and then they want us to just like be okay with it, uh, I'm not okay with it. Um, and anyway, um, so anyway, I praise God that I am able to do the program um, and that I do have a job. I praise God for the opportunity that I pray is a good opportunity, and I believe and I hope will be, because all I want to do is serve the Lord. That's all I ever wanted to do. All right, and then, um, you know, I mean, you know, in the last, uh, since 2009. All right, praise God. So, um, yeah, so... Please do anticipate and expect that I will be a little terse as I am struggling uh, through the trials and tribulations that I'll be struggling with uh, between now and, if my estimation is right, probably until the end of this month. Okay, I don't know what that all means. I really don't. I really don't. I thought today was going to be okay, but, you know... Things happen. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, um, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I want to get on with the program because uh, I got a lot of stuff to share with you tonight. Um, I thank you, Brother Allen, for uh, sending me that very kind email, uh, you know, and I uh, relate to your sentiment. Um, Brother Allen wanted me to, I don't know, kind of reshuffle the guest calendar a little bit. Uh, and do more solo programs like I used to do back in 2011, et cetera, and, uh, because he felt in his heart that he was very blessed. And many other people have written me and asked me the same thing. Can you please do more solo shows? Can you please do more solo shows? Because the Lord has blessed me. He really has. Uh, and my testimony, its I can't even put it into words, folks. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But... The thing about it is there's so much. We're, we're running out of time. There's so much that needs to get out there. Balancing it all out, uh, you know, managing all this stuff is superhuman. I mean, I mean that. It is superhuman. And if it wasn't for the help that I have from Sister Nancy, Sister Vera, Sister Mary Lee, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and Justin and other people that are helping me out, I, I don't know what I would do. I, I, I couldn't do it. There's no way I could do it. Um, today, you know, was so bad. I was uh, really not sure I was going to be able to even do the show at all. And I mean that. I, there was a period of about 45 minutes where I was working on a last-minute emergency save-the-world uh, PowerPoint uh, that um, 
I was looking at the clock thinking there's just no way I can prepare for this program. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just go on the program and chatter about whatever I feel about and put everything else on hold until Sunday night or whatever. You know, I didn't really understand. I, I just... But I knew that I was way OT on my job, and everybody's freaking out, and I'm sick of it. Um, but I have a feeling that a lot of us are going to go through that. I've mentioned this years ago. I told people, if you are retired, if you have income coming in, or whatever the case is, and you're not on your knees praying for those of us who are in the workplace, shame on you. Shame on you. In the name of Jesus, I shame you. Okay, that is absolutely not okay. And I've got plenty of scriptures to show to prove it. All right, God expects absolutely demands us to pray for one another. I have shared the scriptures, I, and and it is a reality. And I spend a lot of time praying for you. And I always hope that people take the time to pray for me as well. And I know that people do. And I need it. I need it a lot. Okay. Anyway, especially this month. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyways, um, on that note, um, looking at the time, um, the guest that we're having on tonight, she doesn't understand how we work on this program because, you know, we don't really do a very good job of communicating how it works because, you know, quite frankly, it just doesn't go into an email very well. What it causes is it causes the guests to feel like they don't understand, they're confused. If we try to explain that I might run over time, that will done, all that kind of thing, all it does is it, it explodes into this. The guest starts asking questions. Can I meet with Johnny? Can I have a phone call with him? I need to talk it over. And I'm like, I'm trying to save my life. I'm trying to keep myself from stroking out because I'm going to lose my health care and <laughs> keep the, a roof over my head and all these other things. And, and you know, and God bless the sweet guest. They're just going, oh, no, well, you know, if, if this is happening and that is happening, I need to talk to Johnny personally. I need to have a phone call. And I'm like going, God, Lord Jesus, please send angels something, anything. And so, um, you know, we've kind of learned through the School of Hard Knocks what we can say and what we can't say. And this guest is, uh, we're being, this is a blessing, a powerful blessing to have her join us tonight. Hallelujah. Um, but on the flip side of that, I got to mind my P's and Q's on the timing because I just don't have time. I can't get on the phone with the guests. I can't have a chatty session with them. I can't explain, you know, like when, you know, I, I could give you so many examples. When I went on the phone with Daniel Ott on Daniel Ott AM, uh, he, he communicated with me. I forget exactly how. I don't know if it was over email or how, but he, he said, I just want you to know that sometimes when I'm doing the news, I go over time on the news, and you might be sitting in a queue listening to the program for 10 or 15 minutes longer than the scheduled appearance time. I just want you to know that. Now, like I said, I don't remember how he told me, but he did, and I was glad that he did because I wouldn't have understood. I'd have been sitting in the queue going, wait a minute, I'm supposed to go on an eight. What's going on here? Anyway, um, in, in respect for that dynamic, which is clearly in play tonight, uh, and also the, I, I got to get this information out to you. Kids, I'm sorry, but I'm going to let you down. <laughs> Well, Nana Boo Boo, Nana Boo Boo, Nana Boo Boo. So what? Oh, uh, for crying out loud! Okay, kids. Um, I don't know. Let me see here. Um, um. Oh, I don't know. Let me see. No, you know what? I, I, I I'm uh, maybe one. All right. Are you guys gonna be okay with just one joke? 
All right, kids. How do you make seven an even number? You take away the yes. All right, all you math majors out there, what do you think? <laughs> okay, that works for me. All right, and off we go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, you, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to bring up this. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. i got to check this little flippy switch. i got to bend over and do like a twister thing here. I'm too old for this. Yep, the twisty, the little flippy switch was in the wrong position. You wouldn't even have heard the audio bite. Listen to this. This is that fellow that I played on the last program, I think. Uh, he goes by the name Chris Sky, And he, I don't know why this guy totally gets stuff like he does, but he does. He really does. And um, anyway, I'm going to play this for you because this expands rather expands on um, the audio bite that I played of uh, Glenn Beck talking about the ESG problem and how it's going to proliferate its way from a regulatory compliance standpoint all the way down to us as individuals and ultimately affect and destroy our lives, which is a really powerful reason why we want to make the first watch, the barley harvest, the first fruits rapture. Because those who don't make that first fruits rapture, well, they're going to have to go through the horror associated with it, with what this man, Chris Skye, is about to tell you about. And I'm going to play it now because he expands very eloquently. Now, I don't know if he cusses or not. And you know what? Sorry, but we're just going to have to get over it for now because I'm not going to beep out every little audio bite anymore. I don't have the time. I just can't. All right? I just don't remember. But what he said on this video takes what Glenn Beck is trying to warn people about and expands it like times 10, okay? This guy totally gets it, and it is coming down on us very fast. So we are ultra-privileged by the Lord Jesus to be aware of these things because everybody else isn't. Amen. Praise God. And let me go ahead and pull this up. Here we go. And clicking the play button. Everybody, today I'm going to tell you something that's really going to scare you, and it should. The biggest part of the Great Reset that you're all missing is the carbon credit scam. And what is the carbon credit scam? This is where they're telling you where they want to monitor, track, and trace every so-called uh, kilogram of CO2 that you emit. And they say the global average needs to be two tons per person per year, and you're using... 16 tons per person per year, which means your activity has to go down by 800%. So how do they plan to do that? Well, first of all, they got the new first MasterCard in the world that is going to show a carbon allowance for every single purchase you buy. And to make sure that everything has a so-called carbon credit, food, when you buy food now, if it's vegan, it's going to show you this nice low score of only one kilogram, 1.3 kilograms of CO2 per serving. Now, meat will be off the chart, so that's going to be a no-no. 
Check this out. If you go to a restaurant, even an Italian pizza place, they're going to show you the amount of CO2 for your dish. So literally everything you eat, everything you buy, if, is your clothes made of leather? That's going to cost more CO2 because it came from a cow. So every single thing you do is going to be tracked. Why? Because they want to put limits on how much you can spend monthly. They're telling you you're using 16 tons a year, and they want you to use two tons a year. What does two tons look like? Well, check this out. Say you wanted to fly from Toronto to Amsterdam, and now Google, by the way, Google Flights shows the carbon emissions on that flight. That flight from Toronto to Amsterdam is 478 kilograms of CO2. That's almost 25% of your yearly allowance. But don't worry, if you go over your limit, they're going to charge you $170 for every kilogram for every kilogram of carbon credits you need. This is how they're gonna control where you go, how you're gonna get there, what you can buy, what you can eat, who you can see, and now imagine that in a world without cash. And imagine that in a world where the government gets to control every single transaction. And this is why they're constructing 15-minute cities, AKA prison camps, because when they put these carbon credit allowances into these cities, they're gonna have you on perpetual lockdown like they did with COVID without having a virus. Thank you, everybody. Okay. (laughs) All I can tell you is um, right on target. Now you get the drift. Okay. And when he was pointing out that Google Flights has the carbon ratings already, that certain foods have the carbon ratings already, do you understand When I tell you that we are blessed, that we are blessed by God, when I tell you that uh, that that we're, you know, from an understanding of what is happening out there uh, from an end times Bible standpoint, that we are super ultra blessed. Can you imagine how many how many do you think in the evangelical church across the United States of America and Babylon the Great? How many people know that? I would say big fat zero, really. All right. Um, anyway, there may be somebody, some, but I would say in a congregation of 500, you might find one or two people that have even heard the term. Now, you might say, well, you know, that all sounds really spooky and scary and all that kind of stuff, but how are they going to ultimately make it touch your bank account? Let's listen. Here's Tucker Carlson interviewing a woman who is an expert on the global credit scoring system and CBDC, which is the new coming digital currency. It's pretty scary stuff. Here we go. As the financial system gets more controlling and more invasive, it's a little bit like bringing up a corral around us. And CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, and vaccine passports or digital IDs are sort of the last uh, shutting of the gate. It's hard for many people to imagine the risks here because we're so used to living with financial transaction freedom. And we don't understand that when this gate closes on us, we literally will be sitting in a system where the central banks believe that our assets belong to them and they can dictate where we can spend money and what we can spend money on. Um, The important thing to understand is central bank digital currencies are not currencies. It's a financial 
financial transaction control grid. And it gives the ability for the central bankers, and they've said this publicly, the ability to not only set, set the rules centrally, but enforce the rules centrally. If you don't behave, you can have your money turned off. So if you've enjoyed liberty, it's very hard to you know, perceive this iceberg before you hit it. And that's why it's so important, and I commend you for, for talking about CBDCs. We need to not let the propaganda persuade us that one, this is convenient, or two, that we need this, or three, not only the dangers of CBDCs, but the opportunities if we start to reverse financial tyranny. That was uh, a, an excerpt from Tucker Carlson. All right, so are you picking up on these things? <laughs> Are you seeing how God has blessed us? Would you rather be ignorant of this stuff? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. As, you know, anyway, I've made my point. I hope that you are learning. You are being edified. Do you understand that while the rest of the world is sitting around doing what they're doing, going to church, whatever, we're learning just how deep we are into the very, very end. Okay? This is real important stuff, folks. All right. For the first time in the existence of this country, to the best of my knowledge, although that's not saying much, um, during the State of the Union address <clears throat> last night, anybody who was able to prevent themselves from vomiting all over themselves while they were watching the reptilian and the black witch, Kamala Harris and Biden, uh, lie, 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 and lie again. It erupted into, you know, people were, there were, I've never seen anything like this. I've seen it in, in, in countries, in parliaments, in other countries where they would literally, you know, they would jump over chairs and start fight, fist fighting and stuff. That is almost, it was almost that bad uh, during the, uh, the, um, yeah, the State of the Union. So um, anyway, so let me go ahead and play this bit, and then we'll move on because there's so much more. It's just so much fun. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. We pay their fair share. Some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's the majority. <laughs> Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say. I have to stop it because, you know, for obvious reasons. I'm so glad I didn't watch it. Uh, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Charisma News reports, praise the Lord, that Satanic Worship headlines the Grammys. It was worse than Satanic Worship, people, please. Um, I know why God, through my journey, had me study Satanic rituals. I know and understand what goes on in them, and there are things that you can't unsee, there are things that you can't unhear, and there are things that – now, you can pray, and eventually the Lord will, I don't know, wash a little bit of it away from you, and you'll be able to be okay a little bit better off, and, and you won't think about it, and, and fiery darts won't 
affect you negatively in regard to it, but you, if you've gone through the learning experience that I have, which was extremely ultra, it was like double PhDs in the subject. I mean, today I get people will email me and they'll send me like satanic, you know, holiday calendars. And I'm like, what are you doing reading that stuff? Get away from it. You need to read the Bible. <laughs> you know, but anyway, but I have a different job than, you know, others. And so, uh, yeah, the event that happened at the Grammys, I had a, a, a good friend, um, prior guest, and we were talking on the show, and he was like, that was the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. And I said, brother, you totally don't get it. You don't get it. That was live, absolute, real, satanic, um, uh, sex magic, and blood sacrifice happening on the stage in front of the whole entire world in the middle of the Grammys, and it was absolutely unacceptable. It was the biggest middle finger that they could have held up in front of Jesus uh, that that the world has ever seen. Okay, they had blood-covered babies, okay, like sewn into their outfits while they were doing all their ambulating around the stage. It was sickening, and people did not get how sickening it was, and it troubles me greatly, as it ought. Um, so anyway, so people are still walking around there in their seven mountains fog, thinking that, uh, you know, one of their little seven mountains things, that Jesus is going to take over Hollywood. And I'm like, you can't be helped. The satanic takeover of your brain is so thorough. So all we can do, and I don't mean this, you know, as like a last ditch effort. What we ought to be doing is we got to start praying for our brothers and sisters in this country. Because let me tell you something, folks. They are sitting dogs. They are just sitting dogs. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Glory to God. Listen to this. This is a Tucker Carlson bit. Now, if he had... I'm just going to play that. Here we go. They're they're so shameless about this, they don't even care. (laughs) Tonight's transgender Satanism brought to you by Pfizer. (laughs) Inject their products into your body. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Chadwick Moore, awesome to see you tonight. They're they're so shameless about this, they don't even care. All right. So... I'd like 15 minutes with Tucker. Not on the show live. I'd just like to sit down with a Mick Ultra and tell him the rest of the story. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Euronews reports that the earthquake death toll has passed 7,000 as a race to find survivors stretches deep into the night. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the earthquake was so impactful on Turkey uh, that um, there were concrete buildings eight, ten stories high Six, seven, ten, twelve hours after the quake collapsed to the ground with everybody inside of it, including children, including Christians. Make no mistake, there are a lot of Christians that are in Turkey. There were a lot of Christians that were in Syria, and it was one of the reasons why this country created ISIS so that we could go ahead under the guise of ISIS and behead what? Christians. Try to tell that to your local evangelical church. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Gateway Pundit reports estimates are now up to 20,000 dead in the Turkey quake. 5,600 buildings and ancient castles have collapsed. All right. Now, I'm going to play this for you, but this next one, uh, Turkey rejects NATO expansion 
And they said, we know what you have done. We know what you have done. This particular uh, Turkish uh, parliamentarian, uh, member member of the government, really, uh, I'm going to read to you. Now, you're going to hear him talking in Turkish, whatever. All right. Now, I'm going to read to you what he is saying. And I'm going to translate right now for you. What he's saying is we know that you Americans caused this earthquake. We know it. Oh, and don't forget about all the nuclear bombs at the, in, in, what is it, in Sirlit or whatever Air Force Base that we have inside of Turkey. You can call that game over. All right, here we go. Listen to this. I'm, I'm going to try to adjust the volume so I can read the, the, uh, the subtitles because they know. They know. Okay, hold on a second. I got to adjust the volume down. Otherwise, it'll just be very hard to... Okay, let me bring it back. I say to the American ambassador from here, I know which journalist you wrote to get your dirty hands off of Turkey. I tell you very clearly, get your dirty hands off of Turkey. I know clearly what you have done. What steps you have taken and how you want to confuse Turkey, get your dirty hands. Get your dirty hands, those grinning, masked faces away from Turkey. This is clear here. Those grinning, masked faces away from Turkey. Okay. Hopefully you were able to hear my <laughs> attempt to read what he was actually saying. They know. They know. They know. All right. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hold, hold on a second. I'm looking at the time. Okay, um, and Sister, um, uh, hold on a second. I got to move my thing here. Yeah, Sister Kim, please hold, hang in there for us. Uh, I just got a few more headlines I want to get out, and we're going to bring you on live. Thank you for being so patient. Hang in there for us. Uh, praise God. Uh, next headline up, I want to I want to let you know um, that while Turkey. Okay, so get this. They're in need of different countries to go in and help them. But because of the Russian sanctions, they can't get the help that they need. Are you, are you following along with the Satanism, the, the depth of the darkness associated with Babylon the Great? Do you understand now why God is going to level this country from sea to shining sea with nuclear weapons launched by no, nothing, no other than Russia? Russia is going to, by God's command, burn this country to a cinder. Revelation 18. It is this country. Make no mistake. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. So Turkey is calling for humanitarian aid. Uh, we, and, and just so you know, I'm just reading what it says. It says that it's showing... Unfortunately, children, it did blur the image a little bit. Children laying on a bed, they're obviously not alive. And the Ukrainians are saying, we must oppose this distraction because we need aid to Ukraine instead. We cannot allow any sympathy for the Turk roaches. Okay, that is a direct statement out of the people that are managing the Ukraine situation. They are filthy. They are Nazis. They are evil at the level that Biden is, at the level that Obama is, 
at the level that Klaus Schwab is. Okay, folks, we have crossed the line here. God is not stopping these things. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. Praise God. All right, now, next one up. All right, I'm just going to let you know about this because I am not going to play the audio. The audio overlay is un- inappropriate. Um, I will tell you what the uh, text is that surrounds it. The text is, Ukrainians are weapons onto Russian soldiers. It's an unpunished war crime. Now, let me tell you something. It's not alleged. It's exactly what they're doing. They're using drones. They're taking chemical weapons that they've stolen out of the chemical labs that Hunter Biden's laptop was supporting through Biden, through Obama, through the Antichrist, through all the evil that is running this world. And now they are dropping them directly on. And let me tell you something. You do not want to see any human being writhing and convulsing because they have been attacked by chemical weapons. It is something that you do not want to see. Thank me later. I'm just letting you know. But I'm not going to play the video. I'm not going to play the soundtrack. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Next one up. Praise God. Russia, Russia Today reports, actually this is Sputnik, Ukrainian forces are using drones. Uh, Drone-dropped chemical weapons in Donbass, DPR chief says. And I can tell you that's a fact because I saw it. All right, praise God. Next one up. Russia Today reports, world is heading into a wider war, according to the United Nations chief. And I can sit here and read you the whole thing and all the stuff that he said, but let me tell you something, folks. I spend hours and hours and hours listening to these reports, listening to the testimonies, listening to redacted news, listening to General uh, Douglas McGregor, listening to Scott Ritter, listening to to, uh, uh, Judge Napolitano. I am doing the work for you. On top of my fun job. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. End Times Headlines reports fire breaks out in New Zealand's largest egg farm, killing 75,000 hens amidst a national shortage. Anybody surprised? Anybody think that these are non-intentional arsons? I'm so glad I'm not seeing anybody raise their hands. Because if I were, well, shame on you then. All right, praise God. Next one up was on Twitter. Many have found that Purina chicken feed stopped their chickens from laying eggs. They switched food brands and the eggs came back. The parent company of Purina is Lando Lakes, whose CEO is named Beth Ford. You know which board of board, which board of directors she got voted to serve on in 2021? BlackRock. Next one up. Another one. If they poison humans with flawed vaccines, just imagine what they will do to the chicken and the livestock with vaccines, especially when one of the world's number one producers of animal vaccines, Zoetis, uh, which is being spun off by Pfizer, a 2013 spinoff from Pfizer, whose CEO is Kristen Peck, sits on the board of BlackRock. Next one up, Project Veritas. Veritas leaks documents that they got a hold of uh, from the inside, from the inside of Pfizer, and they're telling everybody inside the company, watch out because you're going to be assaulted by Project Veritas, and whatever you do, don't say anything about Jordan because he still works here, and we're trying to hide all that information from everybody. So if you want to keep your jobs, you better be quiet. And Veritas got a copy of the letter. Nice move. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. 
European uh, reps announced that they are going after Pfizer. Here, I'll play this a little bit. Won't play much because I want to get uh, 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 you know Kim uh, uh, on the on the program as quickly as possible. But this is hot. Governments, especially in the Western democracies, did. Uh, to infringe on on uh, people's rights to take away their freedom to uh, lock them uh, in their homes uh, imposing curfews all of this was based on that gigantic lie all right and so that is a uh, consortium of european diplomats that are getting ready to go after those who they can't touch Let's just be frank. All right. I've got another audio bite here uh, that talks about after many years of being fed up with the policies coming out of Portland, Oregon, over 30 percent of the counties in Oregon have voted to actually secede. Remember that Dimitri Dudeman saw that the United States erupts in the civil war from the central part of the country, and then it expands outward. We are heading that way. Gangbusters. Tick-tock. Hallelujah. Next one up. Italy, they warned about an internet collapse. 80% of Italy has lost connectivity, just got a, uh, thousands of servers globally. They have been targeted in a ransomware attack. Hello, Klaus Schwab, are you paying attention? We're listening to you. Wuhan collaborator EcoHealth Alliance gets a fresh $3.3 million grant from the Department of Defense at the Pentagram. I'm sorry, did I say the Pentagram? I meant the Pentagon. Oh, they're so similar, I get so confused. Another seafood processing plant goes up in violent blaze. It's a total loss. But I'm sure it was just an accident. Oh, no. I'm sure it was not an accident. And on that note, praise God, we're going to bring on Sister Kim Keels for a powerful and very relevant and timely testimony that everybody needs to hear. Here we go. Glory to Jesus right now. Sister Kim, are you there? Try again. Sister Kim, can you hear me? We're not hearing your audio, Sister Kim. Um, hmm. I don't know if she has a phone that can be muted. Um, Brother Justin, can you hear me? You listening? I'm going to make sure my audio is live. I'm looking... No, nobody's answering. And it gives me the impression that I am offline. Nobody's answering. Well, that's not good. Okay. Well, then the only thing I can do is assume that I am no longer... Wait a minute. I heard something. Hello? You got it, Kim? Amen? Is that you, Kim? This is Kim. God bless. (laughs) Oh, okay. Praise God. Yeah, we we had absolutely no audio from you at all. So I was like, oh no, maybe I I was thinking I got disconnected from the program. No, um, so, I can hear uh, you perfectly fine, but you couldn't hear me. Can okay, you hear me great. now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're practicing for the next Verizon commercial, right? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But anyway. Um, <laughs> 
I can. So that's the good news. I can hear you now. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, um, the way that we work, I, I know that we don't do a real good job of helping people to understand it, but we we treat it like an electronic ecclesia, like you're in a church, and that you know I'm you know I'm just like whoever was standing at the podium prior to you, and now I'm going to go ahead. We like to just give the microphone to our guests and let them share their testimony without interruption, without, you know, back and forth and back and forth. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take my virtual folding chair, get out of your hair, um, and sit back, and I'm going to share with the rest of the listeners uh, in listening to your powerful testimony. We, we thank you very much for sharing it with us because we've been warning people about this very topic now for oh, 12 years. <laughs> so glory to God. Uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight because there's a lot of people that have got um, like like the, like the Bible says, "Oh Lord, incline thine ear." Well, I can tell you, there's a lot of people inclining thine ears tonight, and we're very happy to have you. So the microphone is all yours. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Praise God. Yes, we are in. Well, we're in the times of revelation, and this it is going into the apocalypse. But we're also in a time of God revealing and unveiling of truth to us. We're in a time of great deception, and Jesus showed it to me. And it was uh, 18 years ago, if you've heard my testimony, it was 18 years ago when I had attempted to take my life. I don't know how uh, dead I was, whether I was in body or out of body, to tell you the truth, but I, I attempted suicide. That's what I did. I took a lot of pills, a bottle and a half, Carcassette and Xanax, and I wanted death. That's what I wanted for things I could not forgive my own self for. Um, I was a very violent person, very violent, uh, just really messed up. But when I, when I did that, I was laying on my bed, and I was, you know, looking out the window, knowing what I just did, and I knew I was going to be dead within probably 10 minutes. And in between that time, I didn't see lights or tunnels or anything like that. But the, the last thing I remember was thinking about that, and then I'm stepping into a something. I don't know, I guess a curtain, a dark curtain. And obviously I wasn't meant to go all the way because Jesus met me in the desert. And that's where I stepped into. I literally just stepped through something into the desert. And uh, I didn't know what the world, where I was at. And there's my mother. My mother's there in the desert. And I knew I was behind me. I kept looking behind me. I'm like, where am I at? And I'm behind me. So where am I, you know, where am I? And there's my mom, and what are you doing here? Because she was alive, okay? And I knew what I had just done, and she was alive. So I'm like, what is she doing here? You know, and at that time, I was not serving God. I, he was the furthest thing from my mind, but I idolized my mother. Oh, yeah, big time. She was my God to me. And I walk over to her thinking, what are you doing here? You know, and she just points to me. She said, look, she points to this barn. There's a barn and a, picket, a white picket fence. That's it in that desert. She said, look, there's Jesus. And I turn around, and I'm thinking, I don't want to see him because I knew everything I had done. I'd done witchcraft. I'd done drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was a violent person. I was abusive, all this stuff. And I was thinking, oh, boy, you know. But we walked over towards that fence, towards the barn, and he looked like a kid. And I'm thinking, okay, this is just getting weirder. And he looks like a kid, like 12-year-old little kid, little dark brown curly hair and stuff. And he's sitting on the stump on the side of the barn teaching these older men. He's sitting on the stump or rock or something, 
And these older men are just lounging on the ground around him, very intrigued by whatever he was teaching them. And he didn't pay no attention to me. I saw him doing that. And we walked down this fence, and I'm paying close attention to this white picket fence, which I found to be very strange throughout the next 16 years that I'm with Jesus, and all I can think about is a fence. But that's what happened. And we get to the end of the fence. My mother's walking with me. And at the end of that fence, I'm noticing I'm at the end of the fence. And um, when I get to the end of that fence and I get to take another step, I was putting my left foot forward. I heard a voice behind me say, one more step. You're going to be in outer darkness and you're not coming back. That was my final choice. And I stopped and I turned around and looked. Now there's Jesus Christ on the left side of the barn as a full grown man like he was around 30. I don't know how old he was, but he looked about 33 like he was. And I back up, and now I, um, I look at him, and he's staring. He just stares me down with a blank stare. It wasn't mean. It wasn't hateful, but it wasn't – I couldn't tell what it was. It was just a blank stare. And he stared me at that for a few – it felt like a few minutes. You know, it felt like five or ten minutes to me. That's what it felt like. You know, and uh, every, when he did that, I was just thinking. Everything I ever done – was running through my brain, all the bad stuff in the flash. I could remember it all. And I was like, what did he stop me for? Oh, my goodness. He's, this is him. He wanted to throw me in the pit himself. Everything was running through my brain. He let me stand there and do that for a few minutes, just stare me square in my eyes. And then it's like it's, he didn't say this, but it's like he said, okay, Kim, that's enough. He nodded his head down because he's a little taller than me. And he smiled this beautiful smile. And he reached his hand across that fence and laid it on my left shoulder. Now, that was when I got blown away. I wasn't blown away by turning around seeing him. When I turned around, I knew I knew him. I don't remember it. I, just, I knew him so well, I didn't even think about it. I, I knew I disappointed him. I knew that. So it wasn't like turning around and seeing a stranger. It was turning around and saying, oh, I have disappointed him so bad, so bad. But, you know, he, that's, but that's when my mouth hit the floor, when he put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, and that beautiful smile, and he said, I forgive you. He said, you're going to teach the people my word. Now, here's where it went to uh, Crazyville again because I was thought, I didn't even know what the word was, what word. And I didn't know how I was going to teach anything. I was, I did not have no idea what he was talking about. And then he goes on to tell me, he says, my own people, my own people do not know my word, and they don't know how to hear me. He said, my people don't know what it means to believe. My people don't know what it means to be baptized in the water. Well, I did not know then either, okay? And he looked, he got really close to me. He stayed on that side of the fence the whole time, and I on the other side the entire time, fence between us the whole time. He leaned over that fence real close. He got very close to my face, and he just eyebrows up kind of funny. He said, some will listen. Some will not. Well, I didn't understand. I understand all this now. I didn't know what the world he did that for. Um, he showed me. He told me. Well, he showed. Let's back up. He showed me. He, when he had his hand on my shoulder, he felt. He let me feel it. I feel it, and I saw it through his eyes, and I felt it. I was there in it. He let me feel this horrific, wailing pain. Not like we have on this earth. We can have some horrible stuff happen to us on this earth, in this uh, physical body, man. But this was deeper this was something we don't feel it was a horrific wailing pain and i knew that was from him that's what he feels 
That's what we do to him. When we get, when we reject him, when we get caught up in stuff that just makes him unhappy, when we argue, when we, everything, anything we do that rejects him, offers him, it, it, it's wailing pain to him. And then he let me feel it and switch to this intense, powerful love. And I knew it wasn't like when you think of God's love, you I don't know, you think of power, you think of electricity and no, it won't like that. I can't explain it to you. It wasn't anything we can experience here on this earth. It was a love that was pure. It was pure and it was powerful. And I knew, I knew, it just came there new. I knew it was a little bit. But for me, it was, if I had any more of it, I knew I would have internal combustion out of explode. But I also knew it was, he's got so much more. He can't let me feel all of it. I knew I'd blow up. <laughs> And uh, he looked his head out to the left, and I was looking out to the, and I said, what's he looking at to myself? And I turned around to the right, and I said, oh, he's looking out into the world. He feels this way about every single individual person he loves like that. And I knew that. Okay? And then he told me, he, he showed me over here, there's men that, I don't know if they were angels, I don't know. I didn't see anything bright and shiny, and uh, for me, you know, he had a white robe on, but it wasn't glistening for me. Um, he had a type of little rope around it. He was—he looked like a humble servant. That's how I saw him. Okay, and these men—I mean, they just look like men. But um, they were with the ones that were sitting around his feet. Now they're over here in the front of the barn, sitting in the dust. I mean, that's what it was—dust. And God is. Still to this day revealing this. I'm still in the barn to this day right now. He's revealing, revealing. Re I'm experiencing it. I'm actually living all this out right now. So this, my mind is more blown about my life right now than when this happened 18 years ago because I understand it now. But these men were sitting in a in a little circle, and they had like my they had a Bible in their hand. They was trying to understand it. They were talking amongst each other. And they didn't have a clue, what do you think this means? What do you think this means? And Jesus said, they're trying to understand my word without the Holy Spirit, without the help of the Holy Spirit. And they, I saw them raise their hands. They unanimously voted. And he said, there went destructive doctrines throughout the generations. It's not my word. Not my word. Well, I heard him very clear. I didn't know what I was going to do with this. I have two weeks into the eighth grade education. I don't even spell words that good. And I did not know what I was supposed to do with any of this stuff at all. Okay. So he was telling me, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, like I told you, my own people, not just the people, my own people do not know my word and they don't know how to hear me. My people don't know what it means to believe. My people don't know me to be baptized in the water. Well, I'm experiencing that now because, well, speed it forward. Excuse me. There's a lot more. He sh uh, let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. He, let's go back. He also showed me right about that time. He's still on the side of his fence. I'm still on the other side. I don't know what this thing was. The thing was appeared right in front of us that we looked over, maybe some kind of a wall. I don't know what it was. But there was Adam and Eve down there. And they was eating fruit. He was showing me sin, going into the womb, being birthed out of the womb. He was showing me taintedness. I don't want to get into that too much. But taintedness, the reason why, the reason why we must be born again, purified, sanctified, washed, 
reborn, all that is, is really, really, really serious, that we abide in Jesus and we keep the Holy Spirit switch and us flipped on. Very, very uh, urgent. To the right of them was these beautiful, <clears throat> this word gets weird, but this, I can't help it. These were these beautiful looking reptile looking uh humanoid looking things but they were beautiful they weren't scary they were beautiful they were majestic they were beautiful i mean you would have drawn to him like a magnet and i was like what in the world i didn't know what that was he was showing me great deception he was showing me deception y'all deception is all over the place he told me he said i have no part now this is what he said i have no part of religion or denomination Okay, now remind you, when when this happened 18 years ago, it was like he was showing me a parable. Jesus speaks to you, and you know, and back when he was here on the earth, we would talk to you with things you could see with your eyes, things you could recognize, so you get a deeper understanding. But he, sometimes God will show you things or tell you things, whatever, that you may not understand what He's talking about or what He showed you that for. So what you do, you keep abiding in Him. You keep obeying him. Obey him, y'all, big time. Love him enough to obey him. That's the outward statement of your faith. He'll bless you for it. That's what he'll do. And when you abide in him, keep going, keep going, keep going. He will reveal he, when he's ready. He'll teach you. It's about his timing. Forget your will, his will. You know, a lot of people ask me, I wish I knew what God's will was for my life. And I say, well, you're asking the wrong question off the get-go. That's the wrong question. Forget yourself right now. God, what is your will? What is your will, God? Go for God's will. Always God first, y'all. What is your will? Your personality, your character, your ways, all that. You want to know God. And when you get in that word of God and you are studying it, which he showed me, Jesus did, a very specific way to study this word. And I'm telling you what, it works. It works. He's teaching me like nobody teaches me. I don't listen to anybody. And I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm not. The reason why I don't listen to anybody is because Jesus told me my own people don't know my word. They've got so much of this scripture wrong, so much of it wrong, y'all. But Jesus is revealing. He's peeling the eyes off. And when he peels the eyes off, you'll see it. You'll see it. He's opening people's understanding to his word. And he'll do that to you. He'll do it to everybody. He's no respecter of persons. He would do because Satan is out here, y'all. He's infiltrated many, many, many churches. He's sitting behind many, many pulpits with a Bible in his hand, with a nice suit and tie on, with a beautiful dress, with a Bible in his hand, with stained glass windows, beautiful choir, you know, but he's not teaching God's word. The shepherds, some of the shepherds are not feeding their flock. Their flocks don't know what it means to be baptized in the water, okay? Some of it is the shepherd, the flock's fault, okay? We should be digging in my people God brings here for me to teach. I'm like, don't just sit here and listen to me. Pick up your Bible and study with. Look for it yourself because nobody can reveal anything to you but the Holy Spirit, period. Okay, but if you don't get up and get that Bible in your hands and get on, spend some time on your knees with God, then you won't understand. You'll, be, you'll fall into this deception, this time of great deception the Lord told me it's not an alien invasion, although it's something weird like that may come on down the line of delusion, de demons and fallen angels, and we can get really weird here, but there you go, it's true. But the great deception is happening right now in the church. Satan don't care, y'all, if you read the Bible. 
He don't care. All the merrier if you do read it. But what he don't want is you to obey it. He don't want you to obey it because the Lord showed me how we are his heart. Every one of us, we are God's heart, not metaphorically. We are his heart. And you can understand that because look what he came to do for us, to die for us, to walk in this sinful world for us. He did that for me and you. That's what he did it for, not just for me, for you. He did it for all of us. We are his heart. But here comes Satan pouring some asphalt on the hardened people's hearts up, confusing them up. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be deceived either. Because when you decide, I want this relationship with Jesus Christ, I want, and we're all part of his army. We are the last generation. We are it, y'all. We are watching this stuff go down right now. We're in it. You don't have to be confused. You ain't got to walk in it. You just got to say, Jesus, I want to know you. God, give me wisdom of your word. Teach me. You do it. Teach me. Teach me. And you get in that Bible and you dissect it, y'all. It's very important. Don't just read it. Don't just read it. Dissect it. If you pick a chapter, what Jesus showed me, and it works, I'm telling you, pick a chapter. Like like 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for example. You know how much of the church has that confused and wrong? Even the pastors about covering your head, they actually think in the world that that means you must pray or prophesy if you're a woman with a scarf on your head. God takes me at a deeper level, y'all, down to it's not about a scarf on your head. He's talking really about the Godhead, you know, and, and that's another lesson. It's a lesson, but he's not talking about where people misinterpret the Bible so bad, but God is opening up people's eyes to his word, y'all, because we are the last day saints, and we got to go out there and make disciples. We got to go tell somebody. Somebody got to tell somebody the truth, okay? So there's a lot of destructive doctrines. You don't have to fear walking in confusion. You don't have to fear, y'all, as they are tainting us. I'm talking about you think the fallen angels tainted DNA back in Genesis chapter 6. Well, just like it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They eat, you know, with that, I want to be careful what I say here, with that squirt, squirt in your arm. Hey, people are, you know what? It is evil. It's evil. You understand that? But you got to understand this. It's in everything. It's in your food. It's in your water. It's in what you drink. They, if they want it in you, they're going to get it in you. But they want you to willingly take this stuff. So what do you do if they shove it in you? What do you do if it's in your drink or water? You make sure you're walking right with God because then no weapons formed against you shall prosper. They will put poison in you and it will not harm you. Jesus Christ, man, he is the purifier. He's the only one. He is your weapon, his word. You get that armor on. That's what you do. You get that armor on. You get fired up for God. You want to know why I'm fired up for God? I'm two and a half years into even being saved, period. I gave my life to Jesus uh, 16 years later. I'm 18 years into it now. 16 years after I took my life and had shared it with him in the desert. I went 16 years not knowing what in the world anything was he just showed me in that desert, y'all. And he wasn't going to let me understand it. All them years, all I could think about was that fence. Fence, 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 fence. Well, I didn't understand why I was with Jesus in the desert. All this stuff he was showing me and saying to me, why can't I just think about nothing but a fence? <laughs> it didn't make no sense. I swept that under the rug. I didn't know what to do. And he wasn't telling me what it all meant. And I was still hardcore in drugs, hardcore drinking, hardcore everything else. So April 24th, 2020, it's like God said, 
This is it, Kim. This is the moment. This is what I let you live for. This is what I showed you in the desert 16 years ago. Now, down on your knees, Kim, bam, pick your God. And he allowed me to lose my whole family. That was My mom was expecting her to go. My stepdad was expecting him to go. But I wasn't expecting to lose all five of them in one day. My, my siblings, my mom, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, and my, I wasn't expecting to lose everybody in one day. But he knew that. He knows the end from the beginning. And here I was. I find myself with a gun in my hand about to blow my brains out that day. Excuse me. I have to be – I'm just telling you what I did, what I almost did. <clears throat> April 24, 2020, I couldn't handle that pain. But I didn't realize at that moment that was God allowing this horrific thing to happen to me. Why? Because that's what it took to get me on my knees. That's what it took, that horrific pain, <clears throat> to say, God, I need you. I need you. And when sometimes, ma'am, if you run from God long enough, you get a hard-hearted uh, argument of spirit and all this stuff, he will allow you, well, look at Job. He will allow you to experience something very uncomfortable, whatever it takes, man, to get you focused on him, to give your life to him, to make him Lord of your life. You know how many church, you know how much of the church says give their life to Jesus, but they don't make him Lord of their life. They don't walk in obedience to him. Hardly anybody. They put anything this world has before God. You know money. People trust their money. They don't trust God. We got to be very careful, y'all, to put God first in everything. We got to make be very careful to make sure God is your God. And only you the one that can do that. That's it. Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. He will send you the helper, okay? He will help you persevere and endure in these last days. I'm going to speed it up a bit. Jesus showed me now, after when I got saved, I was in grief and mourning horrifically bad. Well, it was really bad, y'all. And I, I'm still receiving stuff from him about that desert. First thing he revealed to me was that fence. When I got saved, the first thing he revealed to me, that fence was, he said, Kim, that fence between me and you, that was your sins. You got to get your sins. You got to repent. You got to be the one to tear this fence down. And I saw his muscles. I saw him standing there on the other side of the fence. He had a robe on, but it was just regular white robe uh, with a rope. But uh, from the elbows up to his hand, I saw his arm. And it was muscular, very muscular. And I remember thinking, wow, man, Jesus been up there pumping iron. His very fit, his arm is fit. And then he turned back around. I didn't think no more about that. But he had muscular arms. After I got saved, April 24, 2020, he revealed to me the fence. He said, my arms came. He said, you saw my muscles. He said, because that's my strength getting you through your grief and mourning. That's not your strength. That's, I had no strength. He said, that's my strength you saw. And man, is it ever to this day. His eyes, man, he let me see that power and love through his eyes, and he was looking out to the world. There's a lot of other people that seen him, some with brown eyes, some with hazel eyes. And I asked him, I said, God, and, I, and when I got saved, I started reading the word, your eyes were like fire. Why didn't I see your eyes like fire? Why did I see your eyes were blue, a type of blue I've never seen on this planet? I don't even remember seeing their pupils in them, to tell you the truth. And I saw love and power and purity. And I heard him. He said, Kim, what color is the hottest part of the flame? Blue. He said, you saw my fire, Kim. I experienced them. I did. 
Now, I, I understand. I said, why do different people that I believe their testimony see you with different color eyes? Because if you have an experience with him, he's going to let you experience him as what he needs to show you, which you need to understand something. Okay? I had to see that power. He set it up for me to meet him in that desert to experience his power. Because he anointed me on my shoulder. He put a hand and anointed me with that power to get out here and teach and preach the word of God, which is what I do. Fire these people up, Kim. They call me a military Bible boot camp, camp teacher. Fire yourself. Fire up. Then you know, Paul tells you, you be filled. He ain't got to come by with some magic fairy dust to fill you up. You be filled. You get as much of God as you want. You want a little bit? You don't hardly read his word or study none? Well, then you ain't going to get much. You want to be overfilled? You want that cup of Then get up and get on fire and go, go, go get your God. He's in the word. You got questions? Pick your Bible up. Pick your, you want to know if you're being deceived by your pastor or not? Pick your Bible up. Follow along with and obey the things that he tells you to do in there, y'all. It's critical in these days. It's critical. He is our saving grace, man. He is it in so many ways. Okay, so now after I'm saved for a couple weeks, he's given me all these dreams and visions, mega visions, man, of the stuff that's coming now. He showed me a lot of the stuff, y'all, that's happening right now. The first thing he showed me was about two weeks or so after I was saved, and I don't know what the verse is, but those are in grieving and mourning. He really comes in and comforts those big time. He was doing that to me, y'all. It really hard about the first six months after all this happened when I got saved, trying to help me get through my loss. I was just, anyway, so um, he gave me this vision, a night vision, and I'm standing in this barn, another barn. <laughs> it's all about me with a barn. I'm standing in this barn, and it's more, and the vision is more than a dream, y'all. Night visions is when you sleep, when you have a sleep vision, but it's more than a dream, and you know it. You're there. It's real. It's a night vision. A day vision, you're awake for it, like what I had in my room when I was a kid. But anyway, I'm having in this barn, and I see this. I look up in the sky. I'm in the doorway of the barn, and this red, white, and blue cube is falling very slowly from the sky. And it's all transparent and everything. It comes down, down. It's all shiny. And I'm like, wow, man, what is this? And it's falling really slow, falling really slowly. And I know now he, he showed me it was America falling from within, from within the inside. Here it comes. It's falling very slow. And when it gets in front of me, there's this old woman in a rocking chair in that cube knitting a flag. Okay. And it, I'm just like, wow. And it goes on, takes a right and goes around the barn. And my head's out the door watching it go. I'm like, wow, what was that? And I look back up and all these meteorites and fireballs and fire and all this stuff's going around. And like the sky was in chaos. Okay, and then these two disco-looking balls come falling real slow, and then it hit the ground boop, real easy. There's Jesus. One of them turned into Jesus. The other one turned into it was a medieval-looking guard, like a medieval-looking arm, armored guard. I don't know, but um, like a blacksmith or something. I don't know, but I'm standing there, and they had Jesus. It just turned into them, had him handcuffed in the front, and they walk him across my face and put him over to this cage-looking black box. And it started raining really hard. And Jesus turned around and looked at me as they were fumbling for the keys to lock him away. And he looked at me and tears was flowing down his face. And then I came out of it and I got up and made my video. And I said, I knew what it was. America's fallen, man, from within the inside, from the inside. 
and I don't get into politics here on your show, but um, they're trying to set each other apart. You know, they're, they're trying to cause civil unrest. They're doing it, trying to get this group against that group. They're getting us to causing chaos and confusion amongst our own selves that we fight against each other. You know, we got to be careful, y'all. We got to really make sure we just following in God's word and give everything to the Lord and not get caught up in a bunch of stuff that they're, they want you to get caught up in. You know, Satan will have you worshiping him, but you don't even realize it. He'll have you bound down to him before you even realize you're doing it in so many ways. So you got to set your mind, set it, set it, set it on the things above. Set it there. God will help us do everything we need to know. He really will. He showed me uh, what has happened. He showed me these volcanoes blowing. He showed me all these meteorite storms. He was showing me chaos in the cosmos. And my old group heard me tell them about six, seven months before it happened. And God told me, he said, this fall, you're going to start seeing this this fall. Well, you guys, I'm not calling myself a prophet. I don't know what I am, but he's, this is what happened. And it's happening. He said, this fall, 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 fall. You're going to start seeing this stuff start to take place. This fall, that was two falls ago. Two years ago, September, La Palma started blowing. He showed me them volcanoes. October, the meteorite showers started making your headlines in the news everywhere. He said, you're going to see this increase and intensify. And we are. The CME is constantly shooting off the sun. Right now, we're getting hit with gamma rays, burst of gamma rays. Another one coming up in two weeks. He showed me this earthquake, y'all. This earthquake. I told my friend, I said, Igor, write this down. I woke up out of my dress and write this down because I was going to have to sleep. And there's going to be a big earthquake, a huge one in the Middle East. And I saw an eight. That's what I saw. I said, write it down. So I called him. I said, uh, when, when was that earthquake this year? Day? Go back and look in your notes. When did I tell you to write that dream down? It was eight months ago. That's what that is. So he got to tell me eight months, this is going to happen. Well, it happened, y'all. There's a lot more stuff coming. God is quaking and shaking. You're going to see fire. Get ready for that. And bacon. We need to wake up. Why is he showing me this stuff? Just so I can say I know something? No. Because get out there and fire these people up, Kim. Get these people, come on, motivate these people to get in on fire for me. Because, y'all, we are, and we are, excuse me, the, 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 we are the last day saints. That's what we are. And I'm telling you something, going back to the desert, I call it an ocean. It looked like the size of an ocean. He showed me an ocean full of people. All these people were screaming, yelling, talking about I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And he says, I don't know you. I didn't know the Bible, y'all. That's why I get so excited about it, because a year and a half ago, I found that in Luke chapter 13, started verse 22. I saw that. Oh, you think I don't preach that hard? Oh, I do, because I saw that. I experienced that. All these people, they call themselves a Christian. He was up in this ocean full of Christians. That's not going to make it, because like Jesus told me, they want me to save them, but they don't want to make me Lord of their life. People recognize Jesus in the, in the big stuff he does. If he heals you of cancer, glory to God, Jesus did that, man. But if you get an extra hamburger in your bag at McDonald's, nobody gives no glory to God for that little tiny extra thing. When God's always working around doing little things for us, they only notice him in the big things. I'm trying to tell y'all, it's real easy to miss things God is doing for you if you don't set your mind on him and start looking for him because he's always there. He's in you. That's where he's at. And he's always there trying to bless you in many directions. All he wants 
is you do your part. A lot of people say, God, answer this for me, answer that for me, 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 me. And Jesus said, what about what I asked you to do? What about me? What about me? It ain't just about us, man. Put God first. That's what we do, y'all. We put God first, and we make him literally Lord of our life, not just with our mouths. Nah, with what we do. Love is an action word, y'all. And Jesus is looking for worshipers of spirit and truth. He gave me this dream about two weeks ago. I woke up, and I saw a, a gavel, the thing to judge you, that bam, I started slamming down, and I saw his eyes looking around the world. He, I mean, time is running out, y'all. It really is. If you don't know where we're at in the end time, then you need to get your Bible, and you need to get in it because we are in it, Okay. And it's going to intensify and increase. That's what he told me when he showed me these things coming. Intensify and increase. And everything he showed me is happening, y'all. Last summer, about six months before last summer, and my group can verify, he showed me a lot of death in floods. I told him, y'all, you're going to see a lot of death in floods this coming summer. Y'all going to see floods and drought at the same time. Does that make any sense? But that's what happened. You got the floods, you got the droughts at the same while the Euphrates River's dried up. You got floods going on everywhere. 1,800 died last summer in Indonesia with a flood. 500 in Kentucky in a flood. 300 over here in a flood, flood, flood. So what's Jesus saying? Yes. Yes, this is true. And yes, I'm here. And yes, I'm coming. And yes, you better get your armor on. Y'all, play romper room church. Playtime is over. It's time to make your mind up. Now, Jesus ain't up just throwing people in hell. You go to hell like I was almost went in there. You choose it. You choose it. And I'll tell you something. Those that end up in hell, I know this. Satan will get you a lot of pride right here. A lot of pride about me. And, and what I'm going to talk about is praying just for yourself. Always asking stuff for yourself from God. Yourself. You want to answer my prayer. My, but what about what he wants? What about putting God first, y'all? And then when you go, if you choose to go away from God forever, death, what really death is, it's not physical. Death is not just leaving this physical realm. That's not death. Death is being separated from God for eternity once you leave this physical realm. That is death. Okay? But what he'll do, those that are in hell, he takes that pride state and doesn't flip it on you. Now you're in hell for eternity. Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I just pay attention? Why didn't I, 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 I? You understand? So we got to be very careful, man, how we're walking our walk. Are you walking your walk? Or are you just talking and talk with Jesus? Are you walking it? It's, it's crucial, y'all. It's critical. Every single one of us is on this earth to be used by God. He knows your end before your beginning. He knew you before you were ever put in your mother's womb, and he really did. You are his heart, every single one of you. If you're experiencing some bad stuff in life, it's because you have to learn. You're here to learn. Every one of us are here to learn, and we will get back home if we choose that path. You get to choose your path while you're here, and we're but a vapor here on this earth. But you get to choose. It's all your choice. You understand? So when you turn to Jesus, he's the one that enables you to persevere through these tests we have to go through. He's the one that helps you through them. He's the one that gives you the comfort through them. He's it. It's all about him. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about him. So set your mind there. Set your mind there. 
So he's been revealing since I've been saved now these past two and a half years. Everything he let me see, Kim, that sense between me and you, that's your sin. You saw my muscles because that's my strength going to get you through this and help you out. You saw me teaching over there when I was like 12 years old because you, Kim, you're going to be young spiritually. When I put you out there to teach my word, meaning there's older people, you know how many people come listen and come to hear me teach that have been a Christian 25, 30, 40 years. I've been a Christian two and a half years. I'm teaching older people, man. Like, really, I ain't been a Christian that long. But these people, are they need, not me, they need to hear what God is using me for some reason, y'all. I guess it's, I don't know what it is. My mouth, I reckon, I don't know what he chose me to do this for. But, boy, does he come out of it, and he's starting to wake people up. And this is my, this is what I was created for. That's all that barn was empty, my barn. He said, Kim, this is your barn. Your barn is empty. You're in the desert because you're barren. You're dried up. You're barren. You're not doing anything I created you to do. All them people, he showed me them reptilian-looking dragon, uh, reptilian-looking humanoid thing because he was showing me sin and Adam. He was showing me deception, y'all, great deception. And when all this, he's like, you'll understand this in 16 years from now, Kim. He didn't say that, but I know that now. When a day I take your mother home, you will start understanding this whole desert. You'll understand it then. And my goodness, because that's when I gave my life to him. The, the switch in me flipped on, that anointing he gave me flipped on when I actually meant it. And I stuck my face, I glued it to the Bible, man. I needed more, 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 more. God, give me understanding. Ask him for it. He'll give it to you. If you seek, you'll find it. If you knock, he'll answer. And I'm understanding my desert now. I'm actually living it. I'm living it. And the deception is everywhere. All these different religions, he has no part of it. Okay, you've got your Catholic, I mean, you're Catholic, you're Muslim, your your Judaism, your this, your that, and everything else. You know that's divided up. And then within the church, you got your Baptist, you can even even there, they're divided up. You got your Southern Baptists that believe in the gifts of tongues, the other Baptists that don't believe in tongues. You got this group, that I mean, come on. It's a personal, intimate relationship. Satan, God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. He's in the church, confusing up the church, dividing it all up. That's not God, y'all. That's the Satan doing that. Satan come to wear you out. And the Bible says, and he does. He come to wear out the saints of the Most High, and he does with confusion. You know, and like I said, we have a weapon with that armor. One, offensive weapon. That's the word of God, man. And if you don't know it, you ain't going to use it. You got to use it. You got to speak it in the atmosphere. God has our, we got God's spirit in us, y'all. God speaks things into existence. You want to, then you speak it. But make sure your life is backing it up when you speak out to that atmosphere to cast these demons out and stuff. Are you living it? Because you take that word of God, man, and it cuts through soul and spirit. By you not just knowing it, living by your soul. Is your personality, your character, your behavior. Jesus came to save your soul, and he showed us 30 years how to transform our soul, our personality, our character, our behavior. And your spirit is what you smell, see, hear, taste, touch. So if your soul is addicted to pornography, your character, your personality, well, it's going to manifest through your spirit. Your eyes are going to look at things you shouldn't see. Your hands are going to touch things they probably shouldn't be touching. You understand? 
the, the word of God divides soul and spirit. It gets into your soul, starts transforming your soul to be Christ-like. Then what you do is going to become more Christ-like. Helps keep us from sin and falling, walking in sin. This word of God. But Satan knows that. Do you know what Satan will do? He'll sit there in the church and teach it to you. Preach it to you. Preach it to you. It's the Bible. Oh, yeah. But he'll be given little tiny, you think you trust your pastor so much, man, that you ain't even picking the Bible up yourself anymore. You just trust that little man behind the pulpit because he's so holy. You ain't even studying your Bible to find out what you're hearing is Bible or not. Then they'll throw in them little destructive doctrines like once saved, always saved. People don't understand that Lucifer fell away from God. He walked away. Adam and Eve chose to walk away. I walked away. And the Bible says many people are going to fall away. Matter of fact, Jesus says once you give your life to him, now if, that means it's still your choice, if you abide in me, that means stay, continue, and my word abides in you. It means you've got a lot more to do, man. Jesus, forgive me for my sins, save my soul. That's just half your heart. That's half the heart. Now you got to go get baptized in the water that will save you. And I'm not talking about the river. I'm talking about God's word. Get in it. Get baptized, submerged in it, and let it start obeying it. Let it start being your life. That's the water you must be born by to get into the transformation and living it. Then you can go dunk them down the river and make your statement of faith. But that transformation got to come, worship in spirit and in truth. God's the spirit. Are you really worshiping in truth, or are you just somebody that knows about the Bible? But you ain't obeying it. You don't care about it. You ain't even thinking about obeying it. That's most of the church. So when it gets like that, Satan takes you, and he sticks you in God's heart and twists the knife. You become a knife for Satan, man, to stick in God's heart when you decide, I don't want to obey God's commands. I don't got to. We ain't under the law. Well, people don't even understand the law. Jesus is the law. That's what's happening. We still obey God, y'all. On that cross, Jesus, he said, I am grace. I am mercy. I am your sacrifice, and I am the law. I'm the, I am. I'm the whole package. He said, now follow me. If you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will keep my commands. He's the whole package. I didn't come to demolish the law. I came to fulfill it. What's the law for? To try to keep us from slipping into sin all the time. It's our help, and he's helping us. And he's the one that enables us to obey. Y'all, he's changed me. He's changed me. I used to cuss like a sailor. I was a truck driver for 10 years. Foul mouth this. Foul, foul, foul mouth. Drugged up all the time, drunk all the time, cussing everybody out, fighting all the time. And yeah, it was. No, man, he's changed me. That transformation has happened. But you got to be the one to say, God, I'm all the way in, baby. I'm all the way in. What you want from me, God? He's going to say, I want you to know me first. Get in there and study me, my will, my ways, my purposes, my character, my personality. And when you start seeking God, Whatever he got you on the third floor, that, that, flip, that switch will flip on. You don't got to try to make nothing happen. I would have never stuck myself out here to teach the Bible. No way. I got eighth grade education. I wouldn't even know how to teach nothing. This is called some things can only be done, man, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some things you can't humanly do on your own. Okay? But it comes, you get that. Whatever God has for you to do, when you come to 
a saving, when you come to saving grace, when you really give your life to Jesus Christ, and that includes making him Lord of your life, what you say, what you do, everything. Worship in spirit and truth is a very narrow road, y'all, of people on this planet that don't take his word serious enough. That's not going to make it. That An ocean full of people that think that they are. Luke chapter 13, start at verse 22. There's going to be many, y'all. So it's up to you. It's up to me. So I say, go for Jesus. Go for the gold. That's Jesus, man. He'll help you get through some things that you can't go through or you can't do on your own. And you won't understand things. He'll show you in your dreams and visions. So many people misinterpret their dreams and visions, think, you know, but they don't understand because they're not in right relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a relationship. It's a lot to do on your part. A lot of the church thinks, I don't have anything I got to do. I'm sorry, you got a lot to do. Paul says, be strong. You do that. Be courageous. You do that. Put down this sin. You do that. Put that away. You do that. Jesus said, you walk in it. You abide in it. We get a relationship. We got our part to do. So, like God gave me a song, Children Rise. Well, children, rise up. Rise up because we are the end time saints. That's what we are. And we're here for a purpose. God chose us to be here right now during this time. Okay? We're part of this thing. So, children, rise up. All right? That's my testimony. Praise God. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to stop so abruptly, so you caught me a little bit off guard, but I grabbed the mic and I was like, all right, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That was awesome. Thank you, Sister Kim. That was um, just an anointed and really, really encouraging testimony for people to hear because it helps folks to understand uh, so many different things, which include how close we are, um, the importance of really embracing a personal relationship, really embracing, uh, which I've been telling people for years and years and years, stop following the people that are talking on YouTube. Stop following these people that are sitting, standing at the podium. Stop you know, get out there and read the Bible yourself. Draw in on a personal relationship and allow the Lord over time. Don't assume that you're going to hear perfectly the first time. Don't assume that you're going to hear perfectly, but you got to read it a lot. I mean, I, I dwell in the New Testament um, a lot because it's the New Covenant. It, it, it supersedes the Old Covenant. Uh, it's not that the stuff in the Old Covenant is wonderful and, and, and absolutely beautiful and harmonious with the, with the Scripture new, but if you don't understand what Jesus was came to the earth to tell us about, you don't understand the intimacy that is associated with the spiritual understanding, then you really don't understand our God. And that is absolutely vital in these times because that is the relationship we must have with him as our first love. Otherwise, we need more refinement, and we're going to go through a lot of well, for lack of a better term, hell on earth, which is coming all, to all of us if we don't get it together and understand that the bride of Jesus Christ, the church, is a holy bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And that requires an effort on our part to be continuously examining ourselves, examining our hearts, examining our behaviors, and looking for opportunities and seeking God, seeking the word, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and really putting, making it a 
personal thing. I'm missing it. You know, like a lot of people say, you know, hey, I go for a run, you know, I like to go running every morning or I, I like to work out on the elliptical trainer. And they'll tell you, you know, they get a, they get addicted to it. And if they don't work out on their elliptical trainer, you know, they, they, they miss it. They feel bad. They don't have the endorphin rush or whatever the case is. But you know what? That's the way our relationship with the Lord ought to be. If we miss our time in prayer, if we miss our personal time, if we don't, you know what? We ought to be willing to be, you know, you're tossing and turning. You have you have anxieties and worries, and you're 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 concerned about this, that, or the other thing, and you're just not sleeping well. Then get out of your bed. Get out of your bed. Go get in your prayer chair. Sit down. Talk to the Lord. Spend some time. Raise your hands up. Praise Him. If you speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Praise God. But whatever the case is, we need to take this personal. We need to get close to Him because the days are coming when we do, when if we don't have that close of a, a close knit of a personal relationship with Him, we are going to go through the refiner's fire and we will not make the barley harvest and that will not be a fun time. What's coming upon this earth is going to be absolutely ugly beyond words and it's going to get uglier exponentially. Okay, and there is just you know there's no reason for any of us to have to be subject to that. We have the opportunity now to draw in close to him, to reside in the secret place of the most high because the people in you know that, that God is referring to in Psalm 91 do not get any of those benefits unless they are residing in the secret place of the most high. It is conditional. And we praise you, Jesus, for revealing these things to the to the hearts of babes that we are able and, and given the opportunity to draw in closer to you while we still have time, because that time is quickly running out. God bless you, Kim. Thank you so much for sharing this powerful testimony with all of the listeners. And I pray that they, and I know that they, in my heart, I know there will be many people that are touched, motivated, and change their ways about sitting in the pews and doing a whole lot of nothing, and instead seeking God directly, which is exactly the relationship that he is looking for. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing this with the listeners of the, of the program. God bless you. Amen. I'd like to pray over your viewers, if you don't mind, before I go. Please do. Can I pray? Yeah, please do. Father God, yes. I come Amen. before you. And, Father God, I come before you in the name of your Son, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah. And I pray over each one of these listeners. I pray over this radio station, Tribulation Now Radio, God, that you will just just make, flourish it, God. Just flourish Him, flourish their work, God. And that the people will honor their work, God, and will help them out, Jesus, in Jesus' name, so that we can do more work for God's kingdom. We can get up. Satan is trying to shut down the churches by people not helping out these churches. So these churches got to shut down their work and go out and get a daytime job. No, help your church, y'all. Help these people helping you in Jesus' name. Take the word of God. I pray over each one of you. You'll get a hunger in your spirit. You'll get a hunger for Jesus in the pit of your stomach. And that you will find peace and rest when you get up and you spend that time with Jesus. When you walk in obedience to Jesus. When you honor God and his, and his kingdom. I pray that in Jesus' name. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to tell you all, God did stick me on YouTube. We are Jesus doers. You're welcome to come if you want to hear the word of God. And I would like to share your, uh, I did share it already, your, your radio station on my website too. So we like to... Uh, Iron, iron sharpens iron. So we help each other out here because we are the end time state. I want to I bless every one of you in the name of Jesus. Get fired up for Jesus, y'all. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys. 
Praise God. Amen. And again, what was the name of, um, you know, where people can go to um, see your ministry, listen to your, uh, listen to more information and get in touch with you? Can you say that again? Uh, sometimes uh, folks will ask me later, they say, they'll say things like, well, I didn't really catch what she said. Can you tell me, you know, this, that, and the other. So would you go ahead and, you know, slowly repeat that for folks so they can hear it a little bit better? Yeah, Jesus put me um, on the Internet. He gave me what I call Church with No Walls, and that's where we have to go because that's where everybody's at. But it's called We Are Jesus Doers on YouTube. We Are Jesus Doers. I don't sell stuff. I don't monetize my videos. People do help us, but I'm not there for money. I won't let YouTube. I'm there to win souls, y'all. I'm there to fill up my barns. I owe that to Jesus. I owe him to help people study that word. We all got a calling. You got, a, you got a calling to help bring world events to people's attention, the signs of the time. I got a calling to help get your faith in that Bible and help guide you. I'm a tour guide. That's what, get in the barn, get in the barn. We are Jesus doers on YouTube. Praise God. We are Jesus doers on YouTube. Glory to Jesus. You know, the one thing that I think is just absolutely fabulous and I praise God for is that the, that of all the things that they that the darkness has banned, of all the things that they have censored, God still praise his name, has, you know, for the most part, has not allowed the darkness to, to, uh, to censor and wipe out uh, the voice, his voice, uh, through us uh, on social media as yet. And I praise him for that because, um, you know, and, and I, I praise God that I, that I stayed with Blog Talk Radio and didn't go over to Facebook and stuff like that because, you know, some of the stuff, you know, that we talk about on this program is, in fact, being censored. And I don't want to go down that alley. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to serve him. It's a blessing, um, you know, to, to have you join us, uh, Sister Kim, and share that powerful testimony that's highly motivational that we all need to embrace and understand that it is not optional. It is absolutely part of our explicit calling through the Word of God. The Word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that prayer, Sister Kim. Thank you for joining us tonight. What a powerful program. We appreciate you with all the love of Jesus, and we thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to share such a powerful testimony with all of the listeners. God bless you. Thank you, too. God bless you. Keep doing it, brother. Keep doing what you're doing for God's kingdom. Reach the masses. (laughs) 12 years in July. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight is Wednesday, February the 8th in the United States of Babylon the Great. Buckle up, folks. It's going to get bumpier. And we'll see you at the Friday night prayer vigil. uh, Sorry, the Friday night prayer vigil at 7 p.m. Lord willing. God bless you all. Thank you, Kim. God bless.
Shall see my glory. 